Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Repod It podcast presented by Rerouted. Rerouted is an online marketplace where people can buy and sell used outdoor gear. If you have gear to sell, please check out our app, the Rerouted app on the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. If you're shopping for gear, check us out online, rerouted.co. That's R-E-R-O-U-T-E-D dot C-O. If you like this show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, on to the Repot It podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Repot It podcast. I am your host, as always, Brian Shoning, and today we are going to chat with a good friend, Liz Landine. Liz is a business and strategy coach, as well as a host of the Outdoor Entrepreneur podcast and Outdoor Enthusiast. Liz chats with us about some of her adventures that she's been on and some of the things that she's involved in. Really great conversation with her. Do you want to say we had a little bit of audio trouble on recording on my end, did the best that we could, but we will make sure that that's taken care of for the next few episodes that come out. Thank you everyone for tuning in. And here is Liz Landine. And we are here with Liz Landine. Liz, how are you doing today? It's so wonderful to have you on the podcast. I'm, I'm really stoked to chat with you about the outdoors and your podcast and everything that you're doing. So tell us, a, tell us a little bit about yourself. Introduce yourself for our audience here. Hey, Brian. Well, first, I'm super excited to be here with you today. And to just do a little introduction, uh, I live in Las Vegas. I am a business strategy and action coach. I'm also the host of the Outdoor Entrepreneur Podcast. That's awesome. How did you become interested in the outdoors initially? Where did that passion stem from? Yeah, I I grew up on the East Coast. I'm from Connecticut originally, and my father was actually fairly into the outdoors. He would always take us fishing and we would go camping and just kind of little trips. So I think that's what, what originally sparked it. But honestly, I think what really kind of put me over the edge with really having a love for the outdoors was I spent one summer working at the Grand Canyon while I was in high school. Um, And I had a cousin who was working out there just randomly. And I went to visit her once and I said, oh, my goodness, I love it out here. I'm going to do the same. And so right before my senior year of high school, I went and spent the summer working at the Grand Canyon. And that just put me over the edge. It was like, I just knew that I needed to be out West, that that was where my love was and it kind of stole my heart. So I came back, finished out high school and pretty much made it a mission to find a college that was somewhere close to the Grand Canyon. I ended up going to Fort Lewis college, which is in Durango, Colorado, which is I think the best place ever, um, which is actually nowhere close to the Grand Canyon. But when you're sitting in Connecticut in a library, looking at a map, it looks very close, Uh, but it got me closer. It got me closer. It got me back out West. We routed spent almost a year in Durango and I actually went there for um, a couple weeks stretch to do some stuff with the, with an accelerator program there. Durango's awesome. Oh it, is a, it is a little hidden gem. I, same as you, I was like, oh, Durango, I'll just fly into Denver and rent a car. Little did I know after the, after the flight, I was looking at like a seven hour drive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I would say it's, it's not even little Durango anymore. I was there back in, you know, the late, the late nineties, um, when I think it was, it was much smaller. There was, there was, there wasn't the Walmart or the Home Depot or any of that. So I go back now and I, I feel a little 
you know, I'm a little sour about it, but it's still just such an amazing, amazing place. You cannot beat like the access to all the fun that it has in that area. The way Chap had described Durango, I was imagining the Durango that you were in. And then I drive in and the first thing I see is, you know, Home Depot, Walmart and a Ford dealership. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) so it's like a city city. It's just away from the other city city. And it's like, you know, it's it's not you know, it's not a like big city, big city, but it's like it's it's a normal kind of normal. It's growing. Yeah, it's grown quite a bit. Yeah. Well, that's awesome to hear that you kind of got your initial start um, on those family trips. I, I was the same way. My, my family used to go on, you know, a three or four day camping trip with, you know, 15 people and 13 kids, and, you know, just a couple, couple of parents to get the kids off of everybody else's back for a little, for a little while. And we would go on these, on these really fun trips that definitely influenced kind of my, um, my passion for the outdoors as well. But you said that, so it, it really got sparked when you were uh, working, when you went to the Grand Canyon, did you get to go out to the Grand Canyon a good amount while you were, while you were in Durango or while you were working there? Um, I, well, when I was working there, I was still in high school. And so I was literally working like at the El Tovar restaurant on the rim of the Grand Canyon on the South Rim. Um, I will say that was my first time really away from home. And so my priorities were a little different than, than just having fun outdoors. I was doing quite a bit of partying in those days. Uh, but I did get to do some hikes into the Canyon, but I didn't like go to the bottom. I didn't go to the Colorado, Colorado river. Um, I didn't do a lot while I was working there. And then when I went to college in Durango, um, I, one of my first jobs there was working for, I think they called it like outdoor pursuits or it was like the recreational department there. And I had never gone rock climbing. I didn't really even know anything about it. And that's the job they gave me was to work the climbing wall at the gym at Fort Lewis college. And so I learned, you know, I figured out how everything works, but originally my first job was like pass out the shoes and the harnesses and collect them afterwards, just simple stuff. Um, but everybody else there loved climbing and was a climber. And so I quickly got into that. Um, and then, yeah, I was there for five years. So lots of climbing and learned how to snowboard while I was out there. Um, and yeah, did some trips back to the, to the Grand Canyon while I was there as well. It was really a a wonderful experience, both educationally and just recreationally and just having fun. So kind of a got into climbing as a product of your, of your environment effectively. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so how do you feel about kind of the the solo adventures that that you've been on and kind of the impact that those can have? Yeah. I have to say I really love solo adventuring. Uh, there's pros and cons and as I get older, I find I'm a little bit more drawn to connection and and doing more stuff with people, but I at heart really enjoy spending time by myself. I love my own company. I have great conversations with myself. Uh, It's really, I think, a nice time when I can get just time by myself. And so a lot of my time, gosh, in college, after college, a lot of the traveling I did, the adventuring, uh, camping trips I did by myself. And I'm not saying I was like not afraid because I was almost always afraid when it involved 
overnight camping in a tent by myself, but I still did it because I just loved, I don't know. I just, I love the feeling of kind of getting out of my comfort zone and also just knowing like I can do hard things and uh, in the outdoors. And actually I just interviewed Amanda Hatley from She Summits Co. And that's what she said. She said when her first experience taught her, I can do hard things in the outdoors. And that just really hit me. I was like, yeah, that's, that's what it is. It feels really good afterwards. So um, yeah. So I think soloing adventuring is really important. I think, especially as women, we should uh, do it at least once in a while. We should absolutely be prepared and not just necessarily wing it. But I think to challenge ourselves in that way, if it's something we feel a little out of our comfort zone doing, we should we should jump into it and give it a try. Yeah, you know, that's really interesting. I was just chatting with uh, Christine Reed and Nancy East, mm-hmm. a couple of authors that I had on the podcast yesterday. And um, I think yours yours might come out before before theirs if I if my schedule holds and uh, and so sneak peek for everybody, but they they chatted about that as well, kind of how that solo that solo experience kind of it's it's the fear that leads you to the point of growth sort of thing and and how uh and how that all that all happens i love the point that you made that now you kind of look for a little bit of connection in the outdoors and i think it's really interesting as we were all in you know school growing up and then college you know we're surrounded by so many people and the outdoors was the escape and now in your adult life as you're maybe you know not seeing hundreds of people every day there's there's that little bit more little bit more desire for connection one thing that i think is really cool about you know not a solo trip but a trip with you know one or two other people is you really get the chance to connect and then you're spending so much time with them you know hiking on the trail or around the campfire that you also get that time to have your own internal uh, internal monologue as well. You said, talked about having really good conversations with yourself, and and I went on a long hike with my dad where you know a lot of we talked a lot, but a lot of the time we were talking inside or we were hiking in silence, you know, 15, 20 yards away from each other, and you get to have you get to have that sometimes with someone else as well. Yeah, I I agree. I think it can be a really nice kind of balance you can find, especially if you're. Um, you know, you, you surround yourself with people that you really enjoy being around and you really want to be around. And then to have that experience in the outdoors is really nice. And then I know for me, a number of the people that I do go hiking with, we're very similar in that way. So it's like, Hey, if you want to go up ahead, you know, you're a faster hiker, that's totally fine. I'm going to kick back here. Um, and just, we'll catch up in a little bit. And let's just kind of have our own hike, but we're together. So we have like a little added safety feature. So I think it it can kind of be, it can, it can bring a lot of joy in a different way to the hike and serve a couple purposes. It does not challenge you exactly the same way as being out alone does. And, and those, and those solos adventure, those solo adventures really do kind of bring you to this different mental space of truly like, it's all on me whatever, you know, whatever happens here, that's, that's all on me. If something comes up, it's on, it's on me to handle it. I don't have, I don't have somebody else that I can lean on kind of in this moment. What led you to uh, start a podcast in the outdoor space? I'm, I'm really, I'm really interested. Your, your business obviously is as a business and strategy coach. That's what you do for work. And, and it seems like you've figured out a really interesting way to, to connect that uh, on an outdoor podcast. Yeah, well, 
the idea for the podcast came to me while I was on a hike one day. I, as we've talked, I love being outdoors. It just really is my happy place. And so I had, uh, taken some time during the week to go on a hike and I already had a podcast, but I I wasn't loving it. And, uh, the idea for doing a podcast around, you know, um, entrepreneurial minded outdoor enthusiasts like myself and just showing people what's possible and, uh, you know, really just kind of living an inspired life and, and in turn, hopefully inspiring, inspiring people to do the same. Uh, and so the podcast idea came to me, I'm a pretty like make it happen kind of person. So I jumped right into it. Um, and, and I love it. I just love the stories I get to hear from the guests. I'm sure, you know, like you get to experience as well. It's so fascinating to hear just all the different ways that people get started in their business. You know, there's just so many different ways you can do it and there's no right way. There's no one way. And to be able to showcase like, oh, here are all the ways, here are like so many different ways that you can start a business, you can grow your business, scale your business, whatever it is. And and I also really wanted to make sure I was showing people that weren't just already millionaires, right? Like I really want to show everyday people that have made a decision to build a business doing something they love that involves spending time outdoors. And that if that's something that really calls to you and you want to do something like that, then here's maybe some ideas or here's what's worked for people or how they started it. Um, So I love, I love the concept of it, not just for other people to learn, but like for myself equally, like I want to hear these stories and I want to be inspired and I want to know all all the ways that people are uh, starting their businesses and spending more time outdoors. One of the things that I love about kind of the concept of your podcast is it's focusing on these people who made a very conscious decision to, you know, most of them I'm sure had had careers before they decided to to shift to the outdoors, but they but they made a decision to to make this passion a part of their of their work and and their uh, and their professional experience. And I think that's kind of a really interesting thing to focus on is that is that transition point. And I've listened to a couple episodes where where people talk about like the the shift. And I have my I have my own personal shift as to I I can dictate exactly when it happened when I when I wanted to take my career in a little bit of a different direction and take a little bit more control over it. And I and I love hearing similar stories uh, in in that way that there are others in this space uh, that feel that same way. Let's talk about your favorite piece of gear. We haven't actually done this on the podcast in a while, but we used to always get everyone's favorite piece of gear. And I would, and I would love to hear what's a, what's a piece of gear that you have that stood out over your, over your outdoor career. Yeah, well, it's a more recent one and it would be my trail running shoes. So I, I don't know how much you want me to go into the story, but um, (laughs) kind of the backstory is I uh, had signed up on a total whim for a half marathon. And I will just preface that by saying I'm, I, at that time was not a runner. I really was like of the opinion of, I will run if you chase me, but otherwise I'm not really running. 
and just never really enjoyed running. Um, and then I realized the, so I had a friend that was a runner. And so we decided, okay, I'm going to do this. I wanted to challenge myself in a new way. So I signed up and then I realized that this half marathon was not a road half marathon. It was a trail half marathon. And, um, and so <laughs> I had to go different. buy new shoes. That's and very different. That's very different. Totally different. Preparation that you have to make. Yeah, totally different. I had no clue. I was like, oh, it's the same. It's not. And, uh, anyhow, but thank goodness it wasn't. Cause I have to say, I have fallen in love with trail running. I love being, I love hiking. I love being out in nature. I mean, it just makes sense. Uh, and I, I like just going a little slower. And so trail running, you can go a little bit slower and it just, it's a great fit for me. So I had to go buy some new shoes. I had to buy trail shoes and I bought the Hoka speed goat fours. And at the same time, as I was training for that half marathon this past year in 2021, I also did, uh, I, took a couple friends and we hiked the grand Canyon. So we hiked from the North rim, uh, down to Phantom ranch. We spent, uh, one night, two nights, two nights. And then we hiked back out the North rim and I wore my hokas for that experience, that trip. And I've done the grand Canyon in different variations, three times now in the previous two times, my knees were so shot by the end of those trips. Like really I could not walk up and down stairs and not just my knees, but the blisters I had on my feet were horrendous, like really, really bad. Almost like I can't hike out of the grand Canyon because my blisters are so bad. Um, and so this time I wore the hokas and not a single blister knees felt awesome. And I really honestly couldn't believe it. I was shocked. I was in like decent shape, but I don't think necessarily like so much better shape than the previous time. Um, and so I, I just, I could not believe how great my legs felt. My knees felt no blisters. That's what really got me. Cause I'm prone to blisters. So I was like, Oh, I'm just, you just like, okay, I'm going to get blisters. It's fine. Whatever. Um, and then when I got to the top, uh, hiking out and I realized, Oh, I don't even have a blister. I was like, okay, sold. <laughs> I'm in love with you, Hoka. <laughs> really incredible how much footwear can impact your comfort level. I think it's actually the number one thing in growing up as a as a skier. And you know, you get one wrinkle in your in your socks of your ski boot, and it can ruin an entire day uh, as a as a kid grow, growing up on the slopes. And I and I remember yeah. going and actually shopping for my first pair of hiking boots. You know, as as sort of an adult, I was, I was 20, I was in college, I was preparing to do a, a hundred mile hike on the Pacific Crest Trail with my dad. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to, I'm going to get, I'm going to do the research and I'm going to get some boots. And I found these, a solo hiking boots. And it was this, it was the same thing. It was like, I'm doing a much more intense and much longer uh, trip than I've ever done before. And my, and I am just so much wildly more comfortable uh, yeah. And it's a, it's amazing the difference that footwear makes. And I really do. I really I have come to feel like it's the number one thing that can, that can kind of, it, maybe it won't necessarily make your trip the best ever, but it can break your trip. It's like you, you want, I want to say it's make or break, but it's really just a break or, you know, you can stay <laughs> at baseline. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just wasn't expecting it. You know, I just had pretty much decided I'm going to get horrible blisters. I'm going to be super, super sore for like multiple days afterwards. And I had just accepted that. And then when it didn't happen, I was like, Oh, okay. This is what a 
like a well-fitted pair of shoes that are made for my feet and my structure and all of that. And like just a great quality shoe uh, can do for you. So I'm, yeah, uh, I'm an avid Hoka fan now. That's awesome. Well, Liz, thank you so much for joining us here. Do you have anything else? Any, any final thoughts uh, for our listeners here? I would just, you know, encourage people if, if anybody feels kind of called to be doing something that you're not doing right now and that you really just, it pulls at your, your gut pulls at your heartstrings and you feel like, uh, it's going to be time soon to make a change or make a shift, just make some baby steps, you know, do, do a couple small things to get you moving in that direction to make it happen because, life is short. We all know that. And, uh, you know, there's so many adventures waiting for us out there. So that's what I would encourage people to do. It's such a good point. You don't have to walk in and quit your job tomorrow in order no. to start pursuing a passion today. <laughs> you know, it, it's, you really can take a few baby steps and, and kind of just start moving in a, in a direction that you want to be. Yeah. Well, Liz, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for coming on and, and chatting with us. Awesome. Thanks, Brian. Thank you to Liz for joining us. Thank you to all of you for listening. If you guys are looking for gear, check us out, rerouted.co on the website. If you have gear to list, check us out on the app, the rerouted app on the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. If you have sleeping pads or hiking backpacks to donate to our Heirs to Our Oceans campaign in partnership, please email me, brian, B-R-I-A-N, at rerouted.co. Thanks, everyone, and hope you have an awesome day.